we acknowledge and pay our respects to all the First Nations peoples of the lands this podcast is recorded on. Women on a Green Mission. Follow along as two friends document their unfailing permaculture journeys. Join our chat each week where we will be sharing how we and others apply the ethics and principles of permaculture to our gardens and daily life. We're no experts. We're at the start of our journey, learning and fumbling our way to a greener life. You're guaranteed to witness a few successes, plenty of failures, laughs and swearing. We'd love your company along the way. Do you want to say hello then? Hello. Hello. Welcome to our first episode. Please like us. Like, hello. Hit it. Hit it. Oh. All right. All right. I'll kick it off. Wow. We're here. Episode one. Day one. I know. How'd that happen? <laughs> Well, oh, my first day of recording. I know. I'm. Um, I'm really excited. I'm a little bit nervous, actually, but I'm. Um, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited that we're doing this. I am. I'm very excited. Pressure's on, though. I know. Do this now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's like right. We, you know, we had our launch date first of December. Bang! We've got to get this stuff done, and we both sort of went, "Holy crap!" Like now we actually have to take action. It's one thing to just talk about it and go, "Yeah, that sounds great," but now we're doing it. Yeah. So we're here to Christmas when everyone's so busy and parties and end of year stuffs going on. We're like, "Oh yeah, we'll just throw a podcast into the mix." Yeah. Not like we've, you know, you've got two little kids. I've got a couple of acres I need to look after and run a business, and you know, you're working and running your business as well. So you know, we've got a ton of time. Totally. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be right. <laughs> well, they say, if you want something done, get a busy person to do it. That's what we are. Ask a mother. That's it. That's <laughs> it. A busy person, a productive. Mum's yes, a very productive. So for those who didn't listen to our little intro, I'm Elise and I'm joining Joe on our new journey together, um, Practical Permaculture. Yes. So we're here because... Well, shit, we just want to talk about permaculture, really. I mean, what's there not to love about it? That's why we wanted yep. to be here. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we met through a permaculture design course that we did in Stroud. And um, it kind of all snowballed from there. Joe was telling me that she had done a podcast previously. And I said, oh, I'd like to do something like that. And that was it. That was all like- it took. Yeah, it was done. We sort of had that conversation and then I think it was I think it was breakfast on the last day or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And um yeah, we were talking about it. I was I was talking about it with um another one of the ladies there and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know if I'll, you know, keep going with it or whether I'll start another one. I'd really really like to focus more on permaculture than just self-sufficient living because I felt that I was getting a bit narrow with that and, you know, my world had been opened up a little bit. Mm. And I think you were kind of just, you kind of walked around the table and you're like, I'll do it with you. I wasn't even in the actual conversation. I'm pretty sure I just inserted myself into that. I was like, hey, I'll do that. You're probably like, piss off. I don't want you with my podcast. I was excited. I was just like, really? You'd do that with me? Because, you know, it's one thing to sit down and, talk and share that because you, you're talking to you know sort of the the webosphere you know there's no one there and you don't know who's listening you don't know what's landing and 
this way, I don't know, it's a little bit more about us having a bit of a banter and just sharing our permaculture journeys and sharing the successes and <laughs> the screw-ups. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those, but that's yeah. part of learning. That's, that's, you know, if you, if you don't make mistakes, you don't learn. So I understand. What's your jam, Elise? What are you up to at the moment? My jam. Well, currently I live in a caravan. So we sold everything in 2021. So I'm from Newcastle originally. We sold everything there. I was having a really hard time doing nine to five living. So I was about to go back to work for maternity leave. I've got two kids, Addie and Fergus. Addie's about to turn five and Gus is three. And financially, I had to go back to work and I was hating it. So Oscar increased his hours and took on the brunt of the workload. And I hated that even more because he was just never home. So we sold everything and put everything into storage and decided to take off and travel Australia in a caravan. That is, that's big. (laughs) I mean, you know, you're listening to this podcast probably thinking she doesn't even own land. Why is she talking about permaculture and growing things? But it is our long-term plan. So part of selling up was that we didn't really want to be in Newcastle anymore and we wanted space, we wanted to be with our kids and we want to eventually start a business that allows us to work from home together. So it will be my income and hopefully supplement Oscar in the long term, my husband Oscar. And, um, yeah, that's our game plan, that we will be at home and it will fit into our lives and we can be with our kids and clock off and we're home or the kids just become part of that work routine. And, yeah, so part of travelling is to find our little slice of paradise and where we want to be next. Beautiful. And, you know, I love that you touched on the fact that you don't have a patch of land at the moment because permaculture even though it originally come from permanent agriculture, mm-hmm. it's so much more than just gardening. Yes. You know, and that's totally. something that's really been highlighted to me because I'd been focusing on the gardening side of things. And now it's, I see everything through a, a permaculture lens and it really does help me to make good decisions for me and for my family and my community and things that feel right. And now I have an understanding of why I'm making those decisions, not just because, oh, I think that that should be the way it is. So it's so much more than just a garden. So, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're in a a van or a tiny home in someone's backyard. And it really resonated with me because I was the same. Before I did the course, I thought it was just gardening. How can we make, you know, the soil better and have a higher yield and all those kinds of things? And a lot of the things that permaculture is about is what I my husband and I believe in anyway I just didn't realize that was permaculture so it was really nice to go oh you know what we're doing this anyway and then learn extra things along the way that we go oh we you know we could add that to our little lifestyle and yeah we actually believe that we want to jump on board with these things um captured in that course because I really didn't know that that's what permaculture was about I thought it was literally regen ag kind of thing and that branch and that kind of technique and method side of permaculture I I really didn't understand it was all those other things so it was a big eye-opener for me to go oh cool this is this is us this is what we're doing this is what it is and 
let's keep going down that path. So yeah, yeah very cool. That's like, yeah, I'm already doing the thing and now I've got a club I can join as well with other people that are doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got friends. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And it's like I love the term like hearted people. It's yeah. not just like minded, it is like hearted. Like the people that we connected with during the course and and ourselves, of course. Um <laughs> The people we connected with during the course, yeah. other course participants, you know, the teacher, the guest speakers, and then the people yeah. that we've connected with after that, it's like, oh, my goodness, like, where have you been all my life? Like, yeah. you guys just get it. You get yeah. the way I think and the way I feel about things and not you can't sort of have those conversations necessarily with with everyone. And I think that's a little bit of part about what? why we wanted to start this as well is because we want to open up those conversations. We we don't want to be having, I think you put it really well um, earlier where you're talking about, pod, you know, some of the permaculture podcasts and, and publications and videos out there being quite highbrow. Yes. And a lot of people just go, oh, my goodness, that, that's it's too big, it's too much. How the hell am I going to incorporate all of that into my life and, and live by all of these rules where we we really want to demystify that and we really want to pair that back to this is practical stuff. It's how can you take a principle of permaculture and apply that to your life to make your life better for you and for your family and for your community and, and you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, and you and don't have to be doing it all to do permaculture. You know, there's a thought school of thought that you know you have to be somewhere for all the seasons before you break ground and you then fully understand that land to start doing your homestead and doing your plan and I was listening to um, another podcast with Liz Zorab and she had just moved sites and she said well yeah like I get that and I understand that I need to see where the water goes and all these things but I just started with a little kitchen garden because I'm not going to sit around for 12 months and do nothing and just wait to see what the land's like and read the land and get the lay of where the winds go. And so, you know, I think, yeah, you know, you can take those schools of thought or you can take those principles and practices and take them and tweak them and do them how you want to do permaculture. It's not a set of rules. They're literally principles. You can change them, mould them, make them suit how you live. And I think that's really important. Um, to know and you don't have to do one thing one way for it to be considered permaculture yeah absolutely absolutely I love that because yeah there are no hard and fast rules and no. look I'm sure there'll be some purists out there that'll be cringing at this right now going these two have no idea what they're talking about <laughs> exactly <laughs> because we want to we want to help people understand that this it is for everyone it yeah. is it's just an understanding of how to do things in a more sustainable practical ethical practical way that's going to to give you and nature and mother nature the earth a better bloody outcome like that's that's really the the you know the crux of it and there is no right or wrong there's maybe some better techniques and tools that you can use to get a better outcome but there's no right or wrong Mm, definitely and so where are you right now joe so I am in my home office in the gorgeous Hunter Valley in New South Wales. Uh, so we have six and a half acres. Oh, in Australia, by the way. Oh, yeah, in Australia. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the broad accent. Um, <laughs> I used to love that people would message me and they're like, oh, my God, I love your accent. And I'm like, I don't have an accent. You've got an accent. <laughs> that blows my mind that people will be somewhere else 
other than Australia listening to this potentially. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, there's it's it it is quite quite cool. So the last podcast I had, uh, self sufficiency made simple. Um, yeah, there was a ton of people from all over the world. Like I'd get people from Holland and Denmark and Canada and like just all over. Um, yeah, it was so it was cool. really cool actually to, to connect with so many people. But um, but yeah, so I'm in, I'm in the Hunter. Yeah, um, I've got six and a half acres. Um. I've got my my version one, phase one um, design up behind me and we've got yeah, a couple of horses, some sheep, some chickens. Um, exciting. We've actually just started selling eggs commercially into the local cafe. So really, really keen for that. So local cafe owner. Um, so the cafe is Maitland Street Collective. I'm going to give Heather a plug because she seriously makes the best cakes and slices. Like Ooh. I go to Pilates near there. And then I'm so tempted after Pilates to go and get a coffee and a cake and a slice. And I'm like, it's really just not, you know, counteracting what we just did there. Totally counteracting. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, so we are starting to actually make this a little bit of a, a commercial enterprise. You know, we're not making our millions on it, and I don't think we ever will, and we're totally okay with that. Um, How long have you been there for? Time uh, we've, been, we've been here, it be seven years this Christmas. Okay, and did you start? gardening straight away or we we started gardening very poorly straight away so before we were here we were in a little tiny suburban block um at Lake Macquarie and we had next to no yard we had enough yard to sort of segregate some chickens off so we had three chickens and I literally put planter boxes on our driveway because that's the only room that I had um and so I've always grown my own veggies but um, when we scaled up, I, I went too big and too hard too soon. So I had a lot of lessons that I had to learn that first <laughs> or two. And then we started changing and tweaking and then we were able to really get some good systems going. But they were very much through the lens of I I garden. You know, I yes. I, I garden and I um, use different applications and I use different fertilisers and I, you know, I, I wasn't really a pesticide user, but every now and then if things got really bad, I used to be. And so I then started, you know, didn't really know about permaculture too much at mm-hmm. the start. Um, but then I started exploring, okay, well, if I'm getting aphids, why am I, if I just spray them, then I'm just going to kill them and more are going to come in and I can't keep spraying and killing. Like that's not going to work. So, all right, what natural solutions could I get and then I realized that I could buy bugs so then I started buying bugs in and you know I was buying lace wings and a few other bugs that loved aphids so you know we were managing through um, biological methods and it was then that I sort of started to find out a little bit more about permaculture and got interested and I started reading and researching and um, and I'd actually signed up then for a permaculture course and it was online and I thought, yeah, you know, like I like online learning, I can do this at night. But for me, um, this particular course, I needed connection. I, I needed connection with real humans, not a computer. I needed to get my hands dirty. I needed to see and to feel and, and really understand what was happening. So I let it go for a few years and then, yeah, the course that you and I did together, we went, went for a tour. And um, I had my husband with me who was a bit sort of like, yeah, yeah, honey, that's great. That's just another thing that you're into, whatever. (laughs) He came for the tour and at the end of it I'm like, right, we need to just book in and do this course and we need to do it together 
so that we both understand because I'm not going to be coming home at the end of each weekend trying to explain what I've learned and convince you. You know, I'm not here to convince you of anything. I want to do this together. And to my surprise, he just looked at me and went, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Amazing. Yeah, so that's how, um, yeah, that all came to be. And now we're in the process of, um, yeah, implementing some of what's behind me in the veggie garden. So that'll be iteration four in seven years of uh, our main veggie uh, hall garden. Kitchen garden is going to get a redo as well, um, which is just our, our sort of cut and come again. And then the next big plan on that is to look at, um, you're talking about regen farming before, we're going to be looking at um, rotational practices for our um, our paddocks. So we don't know how the hell that's going to work on such a small acreage with two horses and three sheep and zero pasture because it's been eaten down to nothing. Um, but we've just joined land care. We're going to connect with other people and there's a lot of permies in land care as well. So yeah. we're really, yeah. yeah really excited to um, see where that goes and it's just you and your husband on the farm um so it's myself my husband Anthony and our youngest son Mitch at the moment so he's finishing his apprenticeship and he'll be here for another 12 months and then I have no doubt he'll be be off living his life be careful (laughs) (laughs) stuck with him for a while yet (laughs) oh he's already he's moved out and he's come back so we've had a few that have so we've got three yep. kids, two grandbabies, and, yeah, there's been very variations of who's come back at what time. So, uh, yep. yeah, there's always a bed. And so with your vision for your farm, do you want it to be your full-time income eventually or are you doing your business and this is more like a passion project for you? So for us, just to take the pressure off, we're keeping it as a passion project until, yep. until we yep. sort of – if we find that there's a sweet spot that works for us, uh, yeah. then we'll transition across. Um, but in in my daily life, I'm a, a management system consultant and auditor. Um, it sounds really boring. It's um, <laughs> the work the work itself's not terribly exciting. But what I do is I get to meet a lot of really interesting people running yeah. really interesting and cool businesses like. You know, there's solar companies and um, like hydro company. Like, there's a lot of um, really cool businesses doing amazing things out there, um, and they're very much around you know getting greener. And so, I'm able to have yeah. really good conversations from again permaculture perspective and through that lens. Yeah, and I was going to say, open your eyes up to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it means that, you know, these businesses that I'm being able to have conversations with, I don't have the, the answers and the solutions necessarily for them, but I'm there to prompt a conversation and get them thinking about things differently. So, it, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a win-win and, of course, I get to learn a lot from them too. So, you know, that pays the bills and, and my husband and I both do that. So, yeah, yeah. unless... Unless something magic happens and we're like, yes, this is this is it, and there's you know not much pressure, then yeah, we may very well change. Exciting though, it is. It is. I think taking the pressure off allows you to be more creative and experiment too. You know, once you cross that line into it being a business, you've always got that in the back of your head. Whereas while it's that passion project, you can really play and explore and try things without being worried about the bottom line kind of if you know what I mean absolutely yeah it, it does take the pressure off and it gives you that more wiggle yeah wiggle room to try things yeah. and and to take a few risks that maybe if that was your sole source of income that you may not 
take or if you did it would be on a much lesser scale and and mm. may not see that payoff yeah um yeah so but who knows you know like we've we've flip-flopped on a number of things over the years so you know things things change right when you look at the design like things things change you discover things you and seasons of your life too you know what you might not have been able to take on when you had younger kids that's totally an option now and vice versa you know yeah that's right that's right like what you were saying before with you know you were out there working full time and, you know, you had to go back to work because the bills need to get paid, but yeah. you hated being away from your kids and then, you know, the other way around, you know, Oscar, your husband's out there working and you're going, well, hang on, that's not He's really never working for us either because yeah. we're just not seeing each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this will be a big change for us. So I did um, early childhood teaching. I wasn't really teaching. I was the director of the centre, so just running the business essentially. Um, and Oscar is trained as an environmental scientist, so he has that background, but he works in waste at the moment, so he's a waste consultant. So we'll be able to bring certain skills from business and from Oscar's degree across into what we're doing, which will be really cool. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be a very big change for us. And so you're in the van in your poon at the moment and yeah. you are – looking for land so yeah, actively looking for land <laughs> so we just missed out on a big bush block so we had our finance come through um tuesday just gone but we found out over the weekend beforehand that someone had paid cash for it so we literally did the whole pdc with this property in mind did our whole plan for it but we've just missed out on it so unless that falls through for some bizarre reason we're still looking for property so we've kind of gone the opposite scale now and we found something that's four acres so we're going to go look at that um yeah that's a huge difference yes yes so I'm just a bit wary that it's not big enough I mean we were never going to clear 100 acres our plan was to only clear a small parcel at the front of the block and leave the rest as remnant bush um and we got in contact with land care and we were going to do some programs and things like that on it but um, that's not to be. So we found another bush block, so we'll have to clear it and build eventually. But we'll probably just live in our caravan to start with because money. Um, and, yeah, we'll live on a block somewhere. So we're looking in the Clarence Valley, um, like Yamba, McLean, Grafton-y kind of area. So, yeah, we think we found another block. We'll be there in two weeks to have a look at it um there's a few other ones around but they're just out of our price range we just don't want to have a big mortgage the whole point of this journey is to get a smaller mortgage as possible so then we can transition easier from traditional work to um the land and our homestead supporting us essentially oh fantastic it's so it's so exciting I mean I was heartbroken for you when you messaged me to say it had all yeah fallen over but you know, the universe gives a spot. I'm going to get a bit woo-woo now, but, you know, the universe does give us what yeah. we need, not necessarily what we want at the time. And yeah. nine times out of ten you look back and you're like, ah, oh, that's why that didn't happen. I, yes. So, yeah, so that's the plan at the moment. We're heading back down from Yapoon to that Yamba area to see um, if we can find our little patch and then we'll pull up. We'll stop travelling Um we still want to do smaller stints of travel, but we'll stop traveling full time and pretty much start that journey. So, yeah, I'll be able to take 
uh, our audience and, of course, Joe, take your advice every week on what we should be doing. <laughs> and um, That's what, I'll be taking your advice on what I should do. My mother hen and just coach me through this process of starting a little um, farmstead and garden. So oh. very exciting. Well, with our guests that we've got lined up, I think that you and I are going to be learning so much. So much. That's so another reason that we kind of started the podcast. It's a little bit of a selfish reason as well. Maybe, you know, it's, well, it's it's people care. It's just we're caring for That's you so. guys and ourselves <laughs> <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, so we've already got a thumbs up from a couple of people. Um one of them's Urban Hum, so they've agreed to come on. They are, they were, are, I don't know, we'll talk to Anna more about that, um, a business that sold honey in the Hunter Valley, but then Veroma might hit. So we'll kind of um, go down her journey. She did a PDC with us, so we know Anna from that. Um, and they're doing some pretty cool things with their block at Cardiff. So we've got Anna lined up. And we've got a few other people in the works too that we're um, we won't give too much away yet, but yes, we've got some. I don't want to spill all the organic beans. No, 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 not yet. And I know that yeah, Anna, Anna and Kelly have just they've got some amazing plans. You know, they're putting in a um, a, 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 a a forest down the back. Like yeah. they really just they're in the middle of community suburbs. a community forest on their private block. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. Yeah, what they're doing. So yeah, really, really keen to talk to them about that. But yeah, lots of lots of guest speakers, and of course, us just having a bit of a a natter about yeah, what we're what we're getting up to, what's working for us, what's not working for us. There'll be yeah, we'll warn you, there will be some swearing. There'll probably be some tears at some point because you know we get frustrated with what we do out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's definitely yeah. be a lot of laughs. Oh, lots of laughs. Um. Yes, I'm excited. I'm so excited, but I've still got little butterflies, even though we've been recording for half an hour already. Yeah. It's just excitement. It's excitement that we're sharing with the world. Yes. Oh. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Um, Maybe you have. Share what your farm's like. Oh. You've got turkeys. I know that. You've got chickens. Yeah, so, all right, so for the sake of splicing. <laughs> So our farm, um, we have, what do we have? We have two horses. We have three sheep. We have two turkeys who she was on eggs and then she laid them in three separate spots. So we put them all in one area for her to sit on them and she decided that she didn't like that spot. So I don't think we're going to get baby turkeys. Um, But we do have a couple of Indian runner ducks and she is sitting and we are on the countdown. We're day 16, so 16 days to go. If I got my yep. dates right, last time we hatched turkeys, I didn't get my dates right and I was in the shower and Anthony come tearing in. He's like, oh, my God, we have babies. I'm like, we were not meant to have babies. Didn't know that she was on there. But, oh. um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll get some little uh, little ducklings, so Indian runners. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got, uh, we've got that. We've got, yeah, our two dogs. Um, what else do we have? We've got an orchard that is in the process of being refurbished. So we've got the better part of about 40 odd fruit trees in, um, in various stages of growth and health. Because I will totally admit that when we first put them in, I did exactly what I shouldn't have done. So we're on some pretty gnarly soil here. We don't have much topsoil. Um, we need to create, so, you know, our vegetable gardens are all no dig now. Um, we need to create our own soil. 
So I actually got a friend of ours who had a little piece of machinery and he dropped an auger down and dug a hole for all of these trees in clay. Sounds smart. Sounds smart. Yeah, it was great. It was no. it was like we didn't have to dig a hole. So then, yeah. you know, we put in, I always call it, you know, it's, it's the graveyard. We put in dead bodies like, you know, when our chickens oh. pass away, they go into the deep freezer until we plant a tree. <laughs> We're dead. <laughs> You mean the, yeah, okay, gotcha, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So, yeah, the deep freezer, a.k.a. the morgue. Um, but we put them under the, the trees, you know, yep. put some dirt over them, and then we put all the amendments in. But essentially by digging these holes, we created these amazing water bowls when it rained. Mm. So we lost quite a few trees. However, right. the avocados, which I thought would be the first to go after I actually did some research and educated myself about how an avocado grows and their taproot and you know, all the considerations that they need. And I realised how much I'd stuffed up and I thought they're going to go for sure. Nope, six years on, they're still there. And so do you have any of your animals integrated into systems yet or that's something? Yeah, we do. So yeah. we've got um, three separate chicken runs. Yep. Um, so we've got three three roosters and they've all got their own hens. Um, and so we've got one lot of um chickens up in the orchard at the moment they're about to be separated off into two parts so um our stone fruit uh trees and our palms were going we're going to be a spalering a can never say that um those trees and putting the ducks up there yeah and then the other half of the orchard um with our larger fruit trees and our citrus um will be the chickens so they're there for pest management um fertilizing um yeah, just it, you know, really, it really makes a huge difference with the pests having having the birds underneath them. And the other ones that we have, we actually have a bit of an airlock system with our vegetable gardens. So what we were doing, um, and we're in the process of changing this, but what we were doing is that once um, a bed was done after the season, we would then be able to open a set of doors and gates, and then the chickens could go over um, yep. onto a particular veggie patch and and basically uh, turn that over. So we're going to be changing that. We're actually building um, different runs and we're building channels. <laughs> so basically um, sort of one metre wide corridors for the chickens to run up to into their um, actual sort of day yard. And then we're going to be putting gate inserts or Rio mesh over the top of those and then, yeah, having that as vertical growing space as well yeah, and yeah. having fixed beds because what we're doing is moving it from being downhill to on contour. Right. So that's. That's the big refurb that's happening. And we've got, so, yeah, two of those systems going. Um, so, yeah, they'll just, they won't go over the garden beds anymore. But what we'll do is, you know, any excess um, that we have, which we'll have plenty of, um, mm -hmm. it, just gets, it just gets hoid straight in there. So, yeah. And so besides the commercial eggs, all your um, yield is just for fam yourself, like providing for your family at this point? At this point it is. Um, yep. Part of the plan is to put a farm gate in. Um, yep. So we'll be sharing um, extra produce there and also flowers. So Anthony's yep. developed a really keen interest in um, flower gardening. Um, like I love, I love flowers, but it's I've always sort of been like, well, unless I can eat it and get a meal out of it, I'm, I don't want to crush uh, it. Well, I'll have to talk to ants because we want to put in a commercial flower bed at our place. So Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we've been doing a bit more research and I'm connecting with another lady who's got a microflower farm here. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, Heather at the cafe will put me in touch with her and um, we're looking at, yeah, going out and having a look there. So, 
yeah, there's yeah. the potential that we could be selling um, flowers to her as well because she's a florist or yeah. we could sell them from the farm gate too. Um, and then also um, in the farm gate, um, looking at, you know, jams, preserves, chutneys, pickles, uh, yeah, yeah. all that sort of jazz as well. So there's a few commercial kitchen options because, you know, here you've got to be registered, have a, a registered kitchen, a commercial grade kitchen to be able yeah. to make that and to be able to on-sell that, which we mm-hmm. definitely don't. We have a very old um, homestead and there's not a chance our kitchen would comply with that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, looking at some other options there. So we've got a lot. A lot of things are in the the messy middle at the moment, which yeah is good. But at the same time, you know, I think a lot of people can relate. You're like, ah, we just want to get to yeah. that next bit. Yeah, I know. Like we have a mind map at the moment of all the potential income sources, and for us, it's really hard because I said I don't know what will be successful and what the community needs. So until we're really there. I don't know if we'll make that decision. And I think depending on the land that we buy will also dictate what we can and can't do and the scale of what we're doing. And so we're looking at a few particular crops like the flowers, but also um, garlic and a few other things that we think um, there's some local people who make preserves and things that we can on sell to them. And there's also a few big cafes around so that we can talk to them about providing produce. But Yamba has a huge farmer's market too. So I think we'll start off there and start doing that. But I don't know how we're going to go with all the different market garden crops or whether we just kind of specialise in certain things. So we're kind of the same. We've got lots of ideas, but we're not sure what exactly path we'll go down yet. So we'll be in that messy middle with you very soon. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's part of the context, isn't it? Like you need to know yep. what the context of your area and your land is, you know, to be able to to make those decisions. Otherwise, it's just a nice idea. Mm, mm, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And look, we've, we've got the board here too that we've got our brainstorming mm. ideas on. It's not quite a mind map, but it's, well, it kind of looks like it. We've got you know, lots of different things that we've um, that we've put up there that could be a potential um, income source. And I think that's one of our um, our episodes in the future is looking yeah. at yeah what what potential income sources you could have from from, your um, from permaculture or homestead yeah. yeah yeah and for us too we really want to get into bartering and try and move away from the cash dollar all the time yeah um, so Brett yep. was talking Brett was our teacher for our PDC um Brett was talking to us about um in exchange for some things that I'm doing for him to give us some heritage turkeys. And he said, oh, they're amazing to, to barter and trade with. Like, they'd be very valuable. And I was kind of thinking, oh, is it valuable for him or will it be valuable for us too? And how do we do this? And so I'm really excited to go on that path of figuring out what we can barter and if we can come up with exchanges with people, especially because we probably won't have hooved animals. And it would be great to get some ethical meat locally sourced and things yeah. like that so yeah that's something that we're looking into more and more is that bartering and I was really inspired by Matt and Lentil's book I don't know if it's grown and gathered or the village one of their books but they talk about for a whole year they bartered just flowers for everything they needed and it just goes to show that yeah it doesn't it's not all about the dollar and I think that you touch on a really good point like when you're talking about Brett and the turkeys like is it just valuable for him or is it just valuable for other people and that's the beauty with bartering is that it is a different value for different people and that's where you can barter really fairly because 
what is valuable to one person may not be to the next, but you're looking for those people who what you have, it is valuable for them so that you can make a fair exchange for what's valuable for you. Whereas yeah. when it's cash, if it's $10, it's $10. Mm. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't they, matter who. Yeah, and they were saying in their book that, you know, you go into a barter with something in mind, but more often than not, you get more than what you thought you were going to get and you often give more than what you thought you could give. And really it doesn't matter. Like if it's 10 versus two of those things, it's your excess. So does it, you know, no skin off your nose, you may as well share it. What's the big deal? And then it's this kind of abundance mentality and abundance culture that comes along with bartering, which I think is really beautiful too. It is. Like you're never going to hand over $50 if a coffee is only worth two, but, you know, you'd happily do that with something that you have in abundance. That's it. So, yeah, that's where we're coming from. Um, And I'm keen to take you along that journey. Yes keen as beans so the plan is that every friday um we'll be dropping an episode with the occasional friday mist every now and then because you know we have lives and we're busy (laughs) so we'll be as consistent as possible um but that's the plan moving forward so thanks for joining us this week if you liked our chat please subscribe and share and what are they subscribing to where's where can they go? So, yes, you can follow us on Instagram. We don't have a Facebook, but you can follow us on Instagram, Practical Permaculture. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. And um, obviously on here we don't have a website or anything like that. So if you want to chat with us, connect, ask us questions, um, give us feedback, that would be the place to do it. Fantastic. So you can find us on Instagram. If you like this, then definitely share Tell everyone because we want to connect with as many people as possible. And yep. if you didn't, well, get back into your garden. All right. See you next, we'll week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.